Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reckless speculation from the TCL broadcast studios. You're listening to Mackie and Judd, TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Now launching Mackie and Judd. We get things rolling with the opening bell. Want to ring the bell? Looking right all the way. Here's Thielen. His first catch is a touchdown. Here's one down the field for Robinson. Batted and picked off by Deron Harmon. All right, welcome to a four-hour Mackie and Judd. That's right, back to our roots. We are going to be on till 7 o'clock. Of course, the Vikings tip off. Four hours. Four hours. If Royce is listening right now, he's a four-hour show, and Harold Baines made the Hall of Fame. What the hell is going on? (laughs) You going to be able to stay up that late? Oh, I'm going to be very tired. I, I, You're going to be yawning that last hour. I will tell Phil, you. Phil's going to carry you. I will tell you right now, Danny Cunningham, that I purposely slept until about 10 o'clock today because at 49, I was very concerned about my ability to stay up late because we've got we've got the four-hour show here, but then we got Ventline, which will be Manny Hill and yours truly. No Mackie on that. So if I fall asleep during that, it's on Manny, and then I got. And then the, I'll have to carry. You. And then I got the podcast with Collar after that, and then I got to write something. The live stream event line tonight on video, you're just going to be yawning the whole time. Like, if toothpicks. you miss, if you miss Judd yawning on TV at the Gophers game last week, <laughs> oh. just tune into event line tonight, and you'll be able to see it for about an hour and a half straight. Oh, you'll get some yawning. You'll get some yawning. So the Vikings play tonight, and we go back to this because here's one down the field for Robinson. Because Danny and Manny, I will throw this out to you to start the show. Matthew Collar, basically last week, he saw that the hits on his Viking stuff was way down, which is odd, but, you know, the team has not done great. And, so, and the hits on my Wolves stuff is just way up. Oh, yeah, well, because the Wolves are red hot until they went to Portland. what it is. <laughs> so Collar put out a question or a poll, say, basically giving... Stealing his clicks. Three or four options. Yeah, it's your fault. Three or four options, essentially asking what people's appetite towards the Vikings is at this point, if they've given up on the season, if it's playoffs or blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so today he wrote a column. That is titled, Was It Wrong to Call 2018 Super Bowl or Bust for the Vikings? This was a team, of course, coming off a 13-3 and season, an appearance in the NFC Championship game, and a team that went out in March and signed what was considered the best available quarterback on the free agent market to a three-year, $84 million deal. They you will, like that? They will start tonight now in a playoff spot, the sixth playoff spot, 
and with a record of 6-5-1 and one in Seattle. So, I will start with you, Danny. New to town, but nonetheless, do you believe that this that 2018 should have been considered Super Bowl or bust for the Vikings when they made the Cousins move? Absolutely. Anytime you spend that amount of money on one single player, where it's, what, $80 million guaranteed? 84. $84 million guaranteed. Thank you, Manny. You are in Super Bowl or bust mode. For the length of that contract, it's Super Bowl or bust this year, it's Super Bowl or bust next year, it's Super Bowl or bust the year after that. As long as Kirk Cousins is on this team in this deal, you are Super Bowl or bust. You have no other goals. Your goal is not to win the NFC North. It's not to qualify the playoffs. Your goal is to win the Super Bowl, and that's it. Your goal is not to get to the NFC Championship game. Your goal is not to win the NFC Championship game. Your goal is to win the Super Bowl. That is the only goal you have as an organization as long as you are paying that man that money. Manny? Uh, I think that if... I guess we have to decide in terms of are we speaking for just this year or for the entire run? It's up to you. Because I think for the entire run, for this three-year period that Kirk Cousins is going to be the starting quarterback, Mm -hmm. in theory, Mm -hmm. it is Super Bowl or bust, without question. I think for this year... I think going into it, I think it was Super Bowl or bust. But I think when you look at the offensive line being the way it is and you've got a new coordinator who is kind of up in the air right now. And I think that you have injuries that you didn't have to deal with last year. I don't know. I guess over the course of the season, as the season progresses, then you sort of change your expectations. But for them, for Mike Zimmer and the players, it, it is absolutely Super Bowl or bust. But I think for people on the outside looking in I think once you get to about halfway through the season I think that kind of changed if you're the Wilfs you signed you agreed with Spielman and the powers that be to sign Cousins to that contract based on one thing this was going to be the next move this was going to be the final piece Mm -hmm. now I will say this if Super Bowl or bust means the people are going to lose their jobs, I don't think anyone's going to get fired at the end of the 2018 season unless this team loses out and completely melts down. So, I do believe, however, if this contract gets done and this team has been a playoff team and, and maybe gotten to the second round again, but has not gotten to a Super Bowl, Spielman's gone. Zimmer's probably gone. So, yes, this, this whole thing was done. There is no question that when you brought Kirk Cousins in, that you said to yourself, Case Keenum can't do it, which, by the way, was the right call. He can't. Correct. That's the right call. So yep. let's, let's make no mistake there. And we are getting we are getting a bit of revisionist now. Well, if they had just kept Teddy. Well, we don't know that either. Teddy Bridgewater's leg snapped in half, okay, people? Mm-hmm. So, and he, he almost might, lost his leg. Yeah, and so he might come back and be fine, and I hope he is, and he seems like an absolutely great kid. But to now assume, well, if you had just kept Teddy and then spent elsewhere, you have no clue there. But at the end of these three years, if this team has not at least gotten to a Super Bowl, I think there's a very good chance that you see people lose their jobs, including the GM, the coach, because you don't go to the Wilfs and say, let's sign a, and by the way, to completely guaranteed contract in a league in which completely guaranteed contracts are not given out for the most part. Mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins broke the bank. So when that is done, you are saying to yourself, this is the final piece of the puzzle, which goes back to to my point is for 2019, I've written down three things that, that if you're going to regroup next year and come back and say, what did we do wrong? It's very simple. 
The offensive line has to be good. Sure. Right? You can't have, and I'm I'm not saying that you have to have a Pro Bowl offensive line across the board, but it has to be good. This offensive line is not good. It's, it is the building block of your team. That's yes. the one spot. Up front, you, both you, places, right? Absolutely. You have to be solid. That's where it starts. Dalvin Cook, if he can, and hopefully for his sake, stay healthy, if he does that, Dalvin Cook has to be used a lot. Dalvin Cook has a lot of potential and people now are saying well he's not no he is that good and I think he's misused a lot, a lot of that falls back on the offensive line needing, needing mm-hmm. to be good too mm-hmm. and then the other thing that they've got to get right and i don't know if john d filippo is the guy i don't know if they have to make a change but the other thing that they absolutely have to get right and they got it right uh when norv quit and pat Shermer took the job is you have to get zimmer the right oc mike zimmer needs it is clear that his interest is in coaching defense, and he's very good at that. But it's also clear from the uh, frustrations that he's expressed in recent weeks that if things aren't run offensively the way he wants, he gets frustrated. But I don't think he knows that's on him to get right. And so they need to get a coordinator who can come in here and offensively do what Zimmer wants without having to be told on a regular basis. Those are the three things. I would agree. And for for bringing up that it's Super Bowl or bust for this three-year period and saying that, you know, if they don't get there, that all these people will be gone. I think they just rebuild at the end of this period. If they don't win the Super Bowl, they're just done. Mm-hmm. Like, they're going to blow it all up and be bad and tank and, and get picks and try and win again in another six years. That's just how then, it works. It's cyclical. Because by then, I mean, you figure that defense, by the time we get to 2021, you're old. that defense is going to be old. Harrison Smith is going to be approaching, I think, what, 33, 34 years old? Yeah, probably. I think he's, what, 29, 30 now? Yep. You become old and expensive. Yeah, old and expensive, and, I mean, your window is these next three years. But it's you still got to cash right. in. But, but the important thing is, it's still open. Yes. The, yes. the, the window yes. very much is going to, and and it will be interesting to see how this team responds in 2019 without the pressure of this year. The pressure, the second they signed Cousins, the pressure took off. There's still pressure next year. There's still pressure. There's still pressure there, because... There is, but it's it's lessened because of the expectations are dumbed down a bit because I don't of this so. year. I, I don't do. think so. What, 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 what were their expectations this year? Super Bowl. What's their expectations going to be next year? I think nationally they get lessened. I don't think so. I think it's still Super Bowl. It, it, they I think have, internally from us it will be. They, I think the national perception is going to be, well, they didn't do it, so they might not do it. They have the same expectations as long as Kirk Cousins is playing under that contract. No matter what, they have the same expectations. They're, they are a team that's expected to compete for the Super Bowl. Do you think nationally, though? Yes. They're not going to go away. As long as they're paying Kirk Cousins that money and he's healthy, that's what they're expected to do. I'll tell you what the pressure is going to be on, though. One individual it's going to be Rick Spielman after this season. Go out and fix your offensive line. Well, enough of this crap. Like seriously, how how many years now is this going on that we've that we've been talking well, he about tried in offensive seven, line he, issues with this team? He tried and sort of he, he didn't get it perfect, but he tried to fix it in 2017 and improved it. And then what really is confusing was in 2018 they took a step back. Yeah. And nobody really knows why, because oh, everybody told why. him, no, but everybody told him, Rick, don't do this. And then Mike said, and then Mike said, let's draft a cornerback in, in the first round, to which my comeback was, if you're going to do that, you then have to trade up in the, to the top of the second round to get a guard, get and a he guard. did not. That's what I'm talking about. But if, I, but if I'm Ziggy, the one thing that really would frustrate me would be, 
We signed this quarterback to a huge contract. You told me that we were just about there, and then there are definite areas that you didn't address. And I also, if I'm the Wilfs, if I wasn't super involved in, in this, and my guess is they weren't, I want to know what DeFilippo did or told you that assured you. Because I now continue to to hearken back to the fact that this guy had one year as a play caller, and Mike Zimmer needs somebody in that role who is really good. That person now, it's it's crystal clear. The offensive coordinator, as long as Zim is here for the Vikings, will essentially be assistant head coach. Head coach of the offense. Exactly. So this is not a this is not a I got this and I need your help. This uh this is a you do your job exactly as I want, but I'm not going to be super involved. So if it doesn't go well, I, don't I get have to frustrated. Over your shoulder. Yes. Do you so uh, look over your shoulder? Do you maybe look for a former head coach? Um, well, I mean, with an offensive background, I know where you're going. He's going to get the Bengals job. He's getting the Bengals job. He's getting the Bengals job. I really think he is. How I heard that again yesterday. How impressive is it that Hugh Jackson has taken not one but two teams to the bottom of a division this year? He's your guy. He's not how my guy. Hugh Jackson. I'm not saying. I'm just. I'm saying. afraid. I'm afraid that if I I didn't think now that these Hugh uh, the speculation of Hugh taking Marvin's job with the Bengals and then Marvin going upstairs, I'd be very afraid that what you just said is exactly right. I would be very afraid that Hugh Jackson would have a very good chance to be the Vikings OC in 2019. And you know what? It's terrifying. But I don't think it's going to happen now. That would be that I would be not. absolutely. I hope not. I hope not. I don't want to share a city with that man again. But do you? But do you? <laughs> you hate him so much. But do you trust that Flip is going to to be a more mature play caller in 2019, or do you pull the plug there and make the change? What have you seen from him that shows you he will be? I've seen I'm nothing. Then you can't risk it. I, you, I, no you need, I think you need an established play caller. And all joking about. Hugh Jackson aside, I do think someone with head coaching experience with an offensive mind does make sense. Well, I mean, look at last year, Pat Shermer. No, right? and Pat was great. And Pat has head coaching Pat, experience. He was a head coach. But Norv was a mess. It didn't go well, but he was a head coach. But Norv was a mess here. That didn't work. So That's this, true. This is the, this, true. This is the problem of find, finding the person I'm talking about. I don't even know if I can correctly identify that person. I just think for this team to maximize its capabilities, the offense must be essentially run by a guy who is is head coach offense more than coordinator. And f- for the love of all that is football, please address your offensive line well, this offseason. I mean, you just you just have to. You know, I understand the, the, the money and everything. You gave Cousins a lot of money. You got money tied up in the reef and remmers and all of that stuff. Not saying go out and get a big splash of a guard or anything like that, but address it in the draft. You, you have to. What about Todd Haley? Would a name like that make sense? A guy that's been around the block as an OC and does have stints as a head coach. Oh, that'd be interesting. I mean, he, I mean, he definitely doesn't care if he rubs people the wrong no, way. No, he doesn't. It didn't go well for him in Cleveland. But Zimmer but might look, be able to control it a little look bit. Look what he did in Pittsburgh know. for all those years. That's true. Yeah. He, he was a very successful OC. He was a head coach in KC for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Had some success in KC. It didn't yeah. last long, but he had some success there with Matt Castle. That, that might be a He name. is pretty much a nut job, correct? All coaches are. Okay, I, I but mean, he, is, na- he na- takes but that, that job to a new level, correct? But that might be why he shouldn't be a head coach. Some guys, I mean, we've talked about this before, Judd. Some guys are just not meant to be head coaches. Right. But they might be really good offensive coordinators. And Todd Haley might be a guy that you don't want running your entire operation. But 
he can he can coordinate your offense. Uh, was Super Bowl or bus fair for 2018? 651-646-8255. If you want to join the conversation, 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Sit tight. The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment. Do I have your word on that, sir? Mackie and Judd. Absolutely. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd now continue. What now? What now? Let me tell you what now. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. All right, let's check traffic here in the TCL broadcast studios. We've got a crash uh, near Shoreview on 694 westbound. Uh, it's between Rice Street and Victoria Street, and that's causing an extra couple minutes on your commute, Judd. Thank you, sir. Let's get to uh, what was a very interesting day in the National Football League on Sunday. In might, fact, might have been the best Sunday of the year. It was. If the Vikings were ever going to play on a Monday night, this was the greatest. Red zone for me, wall to wall. Wife That's put up nice. the Christmas tree. I helped carry it upstairs. That was it. That was all you had on the honey-do list? That was all I had to do. We we went out uh, to brunch with some, for, with some friends. I got home about 12.30 or so. So I missed a little bit. Have? I'm not. You know what? I didn't. Two beers. I'm not a mimosa guy. I don't stray too far from beer in my old age. See, I never drink beer. I'm not a beer drinker at all. That could change, though. You're young. I don't think it would change. I drink uh, gin tonics and Mm. cranberry vodka when I was your age. Tito's and Sprite, baby. Can't do that anymore. Oh, Way too I, sometimes I like the vodka sevens. Those some, are good. Sometimes I need to <laughs> yeah, go yeah. Tito's and water because the like too much sugar in the you Sprite will get me. But Tito's and Sprite with the Wait, lime. Too much sugar in the Sprite will get you? Yeah. That's what gets you? Yeah. That's why I don't feel good the next day. Not because of the alcohol. Oh, no, the alcohol. <laughs> Tito's and water? See, I think as you get older, you'll probably change that a little bit. Uh, I don't think so. I think I'm a lifer. Okay, well, that's good for you. I mean, if you can, I couldn't maintain it. So now I'm just a, a beer guy. But yeah, I don't do the uh, mimosas. I'm not a big champagne guy. I'm definitely not a m- wine guy. Mimosas Ooh. might be the most overrated alcoholic beverage. Like brunch mimosas are so overrated. They just bore me. It, like they don't do much for and, me. And why? And it makes like, I thought champagne was supposed to be like a, a celebratory drink. Yeah. Just having it on a Sunday morning does nothing for me. Yeah, but it's mixed with orange juice, so it's not it's not champagne in its purest Get celebratory gin. film. Gin and juice. Form. Excuse me. Gin and juice. Right? I, that's fine. I'm fine usually with that. On, usually on Sundays, I want something a little bit lighter. Then, Sunday mornings. Then champagne and orange juice? Well, no, I mean. More than beer. That, yeah, lighter than beer. Gin and juice. Gin and juice. That's what Snoop Dogg said. We're throw it back yeah, to a Snoop say, Dogg where, song. Where are you going to? Nineteen? What? What is that? Nineteen ninety? Uh, Compton in ninety four. All right. All right. Let's go. Let's <laughs> let's go to each of our highlights from yesterday. We will start with Danny Cunningham. This is this probably major Sunday. Baker's got the snap. He's up in the pocket. He's looking left down the field. Firing. He's going for Landry down by the end zone. A toppling catch for a touchdown. What a catch by Landry. Judd, I kid you not, that's the best throw I've ever seen a Browns player make. I <laughs> I'm no, no hyperbole. No, I know it. That, it that, is, is. that is the best throw I've ever seen made by a Cleveland Brown. So your first Browns quarterback was whom? That I remember or that like was the QB during my lifetime? No, that you remember. So so Tim, you said Tim soft. Couch. Okay. Um, because the, the Browns Ooh. were around. I was born in 93. Uh, the Browns left in 95. Yep. 
And I want to say Vinny Testaverde was the quarterback. Yep. From, so you were born prior when, to them leaving. So you Vinny, were born yeah. when Belichick was the coach with Browns Before they, one. Yes. Okay. Um, for the last, like they they had a winning season in '94. I've had three I, winning seasons in my lifetime. That '94 Browns team was really good. Yeah, that they team, were really good. Yeah. Nick Saban was on that staff. Yeah, he was a DC. Yep. Um, so '94 team was a winning team. And then 02 was a winning team and 07 was a winning team. Those are the only teams above 500 I've had, I've had my entire lifetime. And I'm 25 years old. It's remarkable. But that throw by Baker Mayfield was the best throw I've ever seen a Browns quarterback make. So who would you say has been the best Browns quarterback in your lifetime that you can remember? I mean, Vinny probably in your lifetime overall was probably the best one. But <sighs> since you can remember being a Browns fan, who has probably been the best quarterback? Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Like and well, I'm not, I'm not him. joking. Besides him, I mean, Derek pretty- Anderson had a really good year in 07. He made yeah. the Pro Bowl in 07. And we, we call it the the season of dreams. They went 10 and six. They missed out on the playoffs because they lost a game in. I want to say they lost a game in Cincinnati, Week 16, that would have clinched a playoff berth. It was a super windy day and just nothing went right for them. And then the next week they won their game, but they needed someone else to lose and and it just didn't work out for them. I want to say it was uh, the Colts rested a bunch of players and because the Colts and that was when Peyton Manning was in his prime, obviously, mm-hmm. um, because of their resting players, they lost that game and meant the Browns missed the playoffs. So Derek Anderson, so you he went are sitting Bowl. here at the age of 25 right now telling us that the best quarterback, until now at least, Derek Bleeping Anderson. And he wasn't even the starter, was it like leading up to that but just, week? But just think about what he said for a second, yeah. because we have lamented, right? The Vikings list. But, yeah. you know, there's still been some pretty good names on that list. Your list. Brett Favre makes that list. Your list does not compare to my list. Your list does not hold but a this handle is a great, to my list. This is a great slap in the face to Vikings fans who do believe that, you know, when they look at the Packers and Favre and Rodgers for all these years, that their plight has been terrible. And I'm not saying that their plight has been good. But you are referencing Derek Anderson as the best quarterback that you have seen in your lifetime. And it's hard to debate. I don't like. Think there's nothing I can throw back and say. Oh no! Come on! Don't you? No, I'm. I can't. I just remember that. Do, year. do you want to hear starting QBs? I since they came back. I just remember in 07, Romeo Cornell was like leading up to week one was very torn on Derek Anderson or Charlie Fry to be a starting. Charlie Fry started week one, and then they traded him. Akron. Yes, Akron from Akron. Did, yeah, yeah. Yep. he was a third round pick. Okay, so go. Yes, give us a sampling of the list of Cleveland Brown quarterbacks since they came back in 99. Tim Couch, Ty Detmer, Doug Peterson, Kelly Holcomb, Spurgeon Wynn, um, <laughs> Jeff Garcia, Luke McCown, Trent Dilfer, Charlie Fry, Derek Anderson, Brady Quinn, Ken Dorsey, Bruce Gradkowski, Colt McCoy, Jake Delahome, Seneca Wallace, uh, Brandon Whedon, Thad Lewis, Jason Campbell, Brian Hoyer, Johnny Manziel, Connor Shaw, Austin Davis, Josh McCown. So now we get two McCowns. Uh, Colin Cody, loves the McCowns. Cody Kessler, Robert Griffin III, Deshaun Kaiser, Kevin Hogan, Tyrod Taylor, and now Baker Mayfield. How, how did Jeff Garcia do that? Because he was he had that run in San Francisco where he became a pretty good quarterback. He, uh, he played 10 games in 04. That was it, okay. Not great. So you are so so are you going to bring the smack talk that you used in the prep room today about Baker Mayfield to the air? Oh, Baker Mayfield is a top ten quarterback in the NFL right now and will be a top two quarterback in the NFL within the next three years. It's gonna I, it's gonna be him and Patrick Mahomes just running this league. I just love that two of the quarterbacks that Danny listed, we being here in Minnesota, we share the same pain with Danny as watching those quarterbacks play for the Vikings. Kelly Holcomb 
and uh, Spurgeon win. Yes. Yes, but the list <laughs> that he gave Spurgeon win us, only played one game. I was going to say, the list that he gave us... He only played, he only played two games here. <laughs> he started one game. I, the Browns had this tradition, which felt like happened every year. Whoever started the year as the number 3 quarterback started Week 17. No matter what, it found a way to happen. Spurgeon win was one of those. Kelly Holcomb started you know what, don't, the don't. last game one year after, after being the third quarterback. Bruce Gradkowski wasn't even on the roster. He was the fourth quarterback the fact, to start a game the one The fact year. that Spurgeon win started games at quarterback in this league is remarkable. Mm-hmm. It's a miracle. Kelly Holcomb, not very good, but I sort of get that one. He, when the, you watch Spurgeon he almost win got a play, playoff win. Right, but when yeah. you watch... When you watch Spurgeon win play, whether it be for the Browns or the Vikings. Ooh, that game at Lambeau was bad. Yeah. You said to yourself, what is going on here? This can't happen. Let's go to to the phone lines real quick here. Uh, Kyle's been holding. Hey, Kyle, what's up? Hey, guys. Um, Yeah, you're bringing up some doozies, though, with those quarterbacks. It just kind of goes off a point I wanted to make just about how how the uh, quarterback-driven league has really changed things. I mean, you look at, like, all the stats now. All these guys are throwing, what, 90-plus ratings, like two-thirds of the league, the quarterbacks are like that, where it's like even 10, 15 years ago, you had guys throwing like 10 touchdowns, 20-plus interceptions and stuff like that. But that that makes me think of like um, how to approach – you know the Vikings really getting getting solid with the line is is, is what strategy to follow. It, it's got to be like a New England style strategy. As much as I hate to say it, because I hate hearing about that all the time, but they have they seem to just get those that line that that just keeps Brady you know solid. He's he's had that one fluke injury and he's never ever been hurt really in 15 years aside from that one knee injury. And same with like guys like Breeze, they have that that like wall that they just get that line and they, they shuffle in people as needed. They draft people as needed. They keep them in there. Those quarterbacks don't get hurt. You hear about guys in Washington, you know, Alex Smith getting hurt and breaking his leg and then Colt McCoy going out and having his leg broken within like three quarters and stuff. It's like they they have to think of it that way, I guess, is, is like a New England style where you're getting those linemen and you're, and you're shuffling them in and you're, you're looking for guys in the draft. Same with defense, getting guys – you know, and the Vikings have a good defense going, but getting guys like that that they can shuffle in and keep just solid and then find those gem skill position guys when you can. Like, you know, and, and the Vikings have been good with that with Thielen and Diggs and stuff, but I, I think they've got to go that route. And, and I know it's it's easy to say that because everybody's, you know, thinking it, but they have to really protect, especially the guy like Cousins. Thanks, Kyle. Appreciate the call. And, and Kyle, you're right. As much as I know it, you said it pains you to admit because you don't like the Patriots, and I'm someone who never has liked any Boston sports teams ever in the history of my life, the Patriot way works. And it, it sucks because I hate seeing them win and everything but that comes along with it. repeatable because it's such a special formula and it works and it's been... But what so, makes so it special? Teams, is Brady a once-in-a-lifetime or is Belichick once-in-a-lifetime? I think it's a combination. But the offensive line thing... All right. I just want to work from what we know about Cousins. And what we know about Cousins is he he can roll out and throw. He's not terrible at that. But ultimately, sure. ultimately, he needs to be made to feel comfortable in the pocket. As most, most quarterbacks. Yeah. Most sure. quarterbacks in the history okay. of so that's fair. today's game, you throw better from a clean pocket. Yeah. And so this is And this is not me saying that you should uh, spend the summer trying to beef up your line and get Pro Bowl players. But I do think it's very fair to assess it and go out and get players that you can trust. Listen, injuries happen, and I get that Easton went down, but Tom Compton should not be starting. Mm -mm. Tom Compton is Cousins' buddy. Tom Compton is probably a fine guy to have off your bench 
in a pinch here and there or something. Good or not. seventh I offensive yeah, lineman. I don't know. But Tom Compton, but to have Tom Compton ultimately have to end up starting on a Super Bowl or bus team is an enormous mistake. It's just that it's just that simple. And and you, by the way, Joe Berger retired before they knew that Nick Easton was injured. So it's not even so yeah, it's unfortunate that they lost Nick Easton, but they still had well, they still had a hole at right guard that they should have addressed that they didn't that they didn't. And they also knew that that Remmers served as a pretty good right tackle and was not a good guard. And they insisted on going and saying, no, he's going to play guard. Why? Nobody can answer that question. I don't have an answer. Well, we can put Rashad Hill at right tackle. Why? Yeah. (laughs) Nobody can. One of my favorite things is when Manny changes his voice to to have a coach voice. Now, I know he has a very distinctive one for Tibbs, but he uses the same one for every other coach, and it's awesome. It goes down, right? Yes, it's you great. Play hard it. for 48 minutes. See, that's the Tibbs yeah, one. Yeah, but do your non- Now, yeah. do, the, do the non-Tibbs coach Like the football voice. coach voice. The football coach. We got to... I don't. I, well, it feels like it drops, it feels like it drops yeah. an octave for well, football it coaching. Drops down this low for Chili. Yeah, and two uh, Brad Childress. And I think it drops down two or three for um, Tibbs. Oh, Tibbs is like six. It but really, see, with Tibbs, really the art of, the art of the thing with Tibbs though, you got to add the the Connecticut accent to it though. Yeah, so you, yeah, you and you do a good job of for that. Forty eight minutes. TCL broadcaster news. Let's take a break. Come back. Courtney Cronin uh, from Seattle joins us next to talk Seahawks and Vikings. Mackie and Judd resume things following these messages. That's just about the most fantastic scheme I've heard to date on fifteen hundred ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. We're about to make a whole lot of people around here real happy. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios on 1500 ESPN. Yeah, they've committed to the run game. Uh, you know, they kind of, I think, at some point in the season, you know, earlier in the year, they were, you know, they're throwing a little bit more. Now they're, now they're more diligent about running with it and sticking with the run. And, you know, they've gone for it on fourth down quite a few times. You know, this Carson is a good back. He may be the best or one of the best backs in the league, the way he runs. TCL Broadcast Studios, it is Judd Manny and Danny, Jonathan Harrison behind the scenes as always, and Courtney Cronin joins us now. ESPN.com covers the Vikings. Check out her stuff. Uh, She's out in Seattle for tonight's game. And, uh, Courtney, I think the important question is, is not what do the Vikings think of the Seahawks run game. I think the important question is, how much do we expect to see Dalvin Cook and the Vikings run the ball tonight after uh, Zim clearly made his frustrations known following the Patriots' loss. What do you think? Well, I, I think it's going to happen. I wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing some, you know, outside zone action early on, considering, you know, I asked Mike Zimmer about that this week, uh, just how effective that can be for a guy like Dalvin, where, you know, when you have the two guards that you have and how, you know, how much of a struggle the, you know, the guard play and the offensive line play has been this season – you know, force things outside, force guys to the edge, spread things out. When they load eight in the box the way they do and play that cover three zone on the back, that's, uh, you know, might not be your best time to run, but, I, I mean, they certainly are going to try to tonight. I mean, you talked to Don Filippo during the week, and he said, yeah, like 20 carries is probably not the range that you're going to get for Dalvin Cook, but I think 20, 25 touches total is probably in that realm that, um, you know, is, is likely because you're going to get him involved in the passing game too, and I think – with the way that they can run um, some of the outside zone things, that sets up your play action, that sets up ability and you know, opportunities for Dalvin to get involved in the passing game just as much as he is in the running game. Football! Yeah! Football! Yeah! Football! Yeah! Football! Yeah! Football! Yeah! Football! Yeah! 
help me out on this football question. And okay. t- and tell me if it was just me who, who was a moron here or, or if, if I have company. Are you surprised the National Football Conference, and, and I get that the top with the Rams and Saints and that, that there are some good teams at the top. Are you surprised, though, because the, the Vikings are currently sixth. If the Vikings lose tonight, they maintain that last playoff spot. I really thought that this conference, aside from, let's say, two teams or so, three teams perhaps, was going to be really, really strong. I was completely wrong. The, the, the teams below the, the Vikings are just not that good. Yeah, I mean, I think that we, I mean, we knew the NFC was going to be tough because, like, their best of the best is probably, uh, you know, just as good, if not better, than some of the, you know, teams in the AFC. And I think that the AFC is a lot more top-heavy uh, than, you know, there's just not a lot of parity in the NFL. That's what it is. But I think the, NFC, the AFC is a lot more top-heavy between, you know, the likes of the Patriots and the Chiefs and, you know, even with the Chargers. The AFC West is dominant. In, in my opinion, it's been dominant for the last five or six years. So that, that, they're kind of like the NFC North of the AFC. So I mean, you see a division that's kind of cannibalized itself. You have three really good, um, you know, really two good teams, and then one that was kind of in the playoff hunt with the Broncos. But um, in terms of like what the NFC is doing right now, I think this is exactly what we expected, that you know the Rams and the Saints are going to be the front runners, the Bears are going to make a big-time push, and now the Vikings really uh, is one of six teams in the NFC with a winning record right now. Their best bet is trying to go for that number five wild card seed, so they don't, they don't have to play the Bears then that first round game, and they can go to Dallas uh, if the playoffs were to end the day. That's where they go. So I mean, it's it's kind of what I expected. I, I don't think I expected though the Panthers to nosedive as badly as they did. Washington, um, you know, once Alex Smith was done, that to me was a clear indicator. And you know, the obviously the Falcons have regressed. The Packers are what they are, and. Uh, beyond that, I don't think there's anybody that's really been in a serious conversation. I still don't buy what the Eagles are doing, and you know, clearly that was the case last night. All right, Courtney, more importantly, are mimosas overrated, and what's your go-to drink with brunch? They're not overrated. I like mimosas. It just kind of depends what kind of mood I'm in. Um, you know, Sometimes if you want to have brunch and you're waking up the next morning, champagne headache is not what you want. So if you're going hair of the dog, definitely Bloody Mary. But I was telling Manny off air, like, I don't want one of these Bloody Marys that has, like, 20 different things in it. Like, you know, like, <laughs> like a freaking hamburger on a skewer and put a filet mignon in your thing. Like, that's, that's, that's just, like, too extra for me. Give me spicy. Give me the Tabasco sauce. You can even throw. I don't even eat pickles, but you could throw a pickle in there, and uh, I'd be happy. So you would... So you would go with so you'd go with the bloody then there would wouldn't be any anything spicy on it at all like or there would be I'm something spicy on it no, no spices I, want spice. I don't like I, I want something spicy I mean I don't most of them are good if you're in kind of mood for it I nine times out of ten I'm going to go for the bloody mary because it's got a nice kick to it and it's kind of you know it doesn't have to be a meal in itself because I don't like that I want a brunch item with it but it, it's a nice compliment to pretty much anything you get on the menu from pancakes to Belgian waffles eggs Benedict. So for the mimosa then, Courtney, would you go more champagne or more orange juice? What do you think? What do you think? <laughs> Come on, Manny. What type of questions that? Well, you know, everybody's different. You know, everybody's different. I would definitely go Ooh. more champagne, but, you know, everybody's different. I don't know. I was Manny, Manny's just not trying to expose my skeletons on air. I can appreciate that. <laughs> do you think it's a good idea to drink the same thing at brunch that you were drinking the night before? Who drinks champagne at 11 p.m. at night unless you're at a black tie event? I mean, like, I don't know where you hang out. Beer. Beer, man. Uh, I mean, 
I wouldn't. No, I mean, you could. I mean, that's one way if you want to try to get rid of a hangover. I mean, remember really having this conversation on Monday at 3.30 on a radio station? Almost definitely. Um, yes, you are. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I would. Uh, I mean, if you're not feeling well, don't drink what you drank the night before. It's probably Oh, I disagree. What are you, crazy? Not, you got, that's how you get rid of the hangover. Person, though. I'm not, I, I, I'm going to be a basket case. If I'm not feeling well, I don't just start picking up where I left off the night before. <laughs> oh, you got to have one. No, no, I'll let you handle that. <laughs> what What is the, get, getting back to uh, tonight's tilt, is it uh, drizzly out there still? Are, are we going to have uh, decent weather for this game? What's the... It's gorgeous right now. Good, okay. Like, this weather like didn't exist yesterday when I'm walking around Pike's Place Market. But, no, it's beautiful. I mean, the sun here sets probably about like 3.30-ish mm-hmm. local time. And, I mean, the wind's blowing out. I'm, I'm standing right outside of CenturyLink Field right now. The wind's blowing out. So, um, you mean, we know how, we know what happened the last time these two teams played in a regular season with, I don't know, wind being a factor, maybe just bad kicking being a factor. But if the Vikings are going that direction, I don't know what direction I'm going, facing right now, maybe east. They're facing east. They're going to get some help uh, in the kicking game going into oh, the win. That's assuming that Dan won't um, miss a field goal again. Did, did, did you see, by the way, the story, I believe it was in the Las Vegas paper, how Daniel Carlson fixed his problems? No, I didn't. How did it, what, what was it? Uh, Daniel Carlson had a, a mentor by the name of, a trusted coach by the name of Jamie Cole, who runs, he's the director of Cole's Kicking Camps. After Daniel Carlson got cut by the Vikings following the Week 2 Green Bay game, he went and saw the, this guy, and basically this guy put him a step closer to the ball before kicking, and that was it, and it's fixed all his ills. It's unbelievable. Wow. It's That's, a, well, I, I also think the fact that he doesn't, you know, I don't know how John Gruden is, uh, you know, with his special teams personnel, but I think the writing was on the wall beginning with this the week three Seattle preseason game and some of the, you know, for better lack of a better term, psychological warfare that was committed. I think that Daniel Carlson was lost in that moment that Mike Zimmer in the beginning of the second quarter said, I'm going to go for two, and then he goes and misses another, you know, another uh, kick. I think it was a, I think it was a PAT that he missed. Yes. He missed a PAT in the first, uh, the first quarter. I think that that's where they lost Daniel Carlson. I think his confidence was shook, and um, that carried with him throughout the next, you know, three weeks until week two. And you know, it, it's a situation where I'm honestly not that surprised that he got another job as quickly as he did, um, because you know he, he obviously is a very good college kicker. I think his confidence was shot, uh, you know, very early on in his Vikings career. Courtney with the with the Seahawks tonight. Now we know how mobile Russell Wilson is, and he has that unbelievable ability to extend plays and make things happen. We saw the Vikings a couple of weeks ago have some trouble with Mitch Trubisky in in terms of just keeping him contained in the pocket because he would sometimes just take off and run, and they weren't able to really contain him in that regard. And Russell Wilson is obviously very good at that, and he's a much better passer than Mitch Trubisky. So how are the Vikings going to be able to handle him tonight? Well, I think a lot of it is it starts up front with like how much pressure they've been able to get on quarterbacks Sands last week. Uh, with your standard pass rush. I mean, that to me has been the bread and butter of why this pass defense has gone from really bad uh, in rock bottom early on to really good because they got back to their fundamentals is what makes them so good, and it's having one of the best defensive lines in the league. Now, when you, you're, I mean, they're going against a pretty good offensive line, too, and the thing with Russell Wilson, like you mentioned, Manny, I mean, they change his launch points. They move him around all over the place. He's not just dropping back and staying in the same spot, which makes him – you know, a much easier target to for the pass rush to affect. 
But I think too, it's it's a lot of you know what are you going to do? Are you going to play? You want to play a little bit more zone? Um, you know, when you have a guy like Holden Hill back there starting for Trey Wayne because of the concussion, I mean, what does that do? Um, you know, I think you're going to want to try to get a lot more help on the backside because he's so good at throwing and extending plays on the run. Um, that that's an area I think that they've really, you know, in, in scheming for him this week, that's, you know, for the play-action game to, you know, what he does outside of the pocket, that's, that's a focal point. Did they let you try and catch a fish at Pike Place? No, but I um, I walked through, I, I looked at everything, and they said that they would pack the fish for you and you could take it on the airplane, but I, I'm at the stadium. I have my I have a 1240 a.m. red eye, <laughs> so I don't think that I'm going to be going back to Pike Place to uh, shove a, you know, halibut into my suitcase. <laughs> That's but, but, I mean, maybe next time. A twelve forty a.m. red eye sounds miserable, and then no, last, it's great. No, it's miserable. You can sleep on it. No, you cannot. I can sleep on planes. Oh, you can miserable. or can't? Are there I worse? Can, you... I can. I have oh, no issue sleeping on planes. Then you're I fine. Just, I just after a while I lose circulation in my hands, so it's kind of the only thing that'll wake me up. Well, that, I don't know. It's not good. That for your doesn't sound good, Courtney Cronin. It's, 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 it's carpal tunnel, Judd. I think uh, I think I'm a lost cause at this point. Are there worse uniforms in football than the ones the Seahawks are wearing tonight? I actually like the color rush. I think I'm one of the very few that thinks that they're a good look and they're fun and they kind of change things up. I just kind of wish the Vikings would do something similar, you know? Like, if the Seahawks are going to go all yellow highlighter on us or whatever, green highlighter, um, why don't the Vikings bring something out? I mean, I'm no, like, expert on this area, like Matthew Collar and Manny Hill, but, I mean, I, I, I know what I, I like what I like. I, well, the, I wolves, the wolves, the wolves are Wait. already breaking out the neon, the it, neon green so stuff. Wait, oh, gosh, I don't care blinding. about fashion, do it. but I'm with Danny. I think those things are terrible, Courtney. Yeah. They give me a headache. Well, I mean, you could turn down the brightness on your TV, Judd. Your TCL TV, I'm sure you can. Um, I'm going black and white tonight. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm doing. I'm going old man. <laughs> I'm surprised your old ass doesn't have a black and white one. <laughs> if, if I could, I would. <laughs> I'm almost 50. Thanks, Courtney. Talk to you later. See you, Courtney. Thanks, See ya. Bye. Hold on a second. Let's do this. Football! Football! Yeah! yeah! Football! Yeah! Football! Yeah! We both gotta eat. What? I'm all in on these neon greens. I'm so happy she said They're that. They're so ugly. They're so great. Jonathan, what just fell? That I was me kicking back my was, chair, just he stood cheering. Up and, oh. That was Jonathan celebrating that Courtney liked the... Uh, Jonathan, not the only one. what's wrong with you? Judd, there's a lot of things wrong with me, but that's not one of them. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. Did you guys like my non-football questions? I thought they were very solid. I, you know what? The oh, okay, but the thing about the red eye—if you can sleep—is the greatest. I loved it. I hate red eyes. Twelve forty red eye was fan. You'd do all your writing. You'd get to the airport. You'd turn your car in. You'd get on that plane. You were dead tired. I would sleep. I would not wake up until the plane was about to touch down here. It was great. I would rather fly in the morning. Not me. No. So you can't sleep on planes no matter how tired you are. I can. Like, then why don't you like them? Because it, it's just it's miserable. It makes me sick. Because okay. it's it throws off my body clock even worse, and it just makes me sick. Maybe it's not as bad flying from the west coast to the central time zone, which I haven't done. But like flying from the west coast to the eastern time zone, which I've done before, is terrible. Well, that's pretty that aggressive. Time. That's aggressive. But I What's I have aggressive about it. That's a long. That's a longer flight. But what? But when I took the red eye, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I would. I would so much rather get on a plane at that time of night and fly home than go back to the hotel, have to get up at four thirty or some ungodly time, drive to the airport and fly home at six something. 
Come not on. me. Not me. All nope. Right. Nope, not me. Uh, TCL Broadcast Studios, we'll take a break. Uh, Phil actually will join the show today at 5. Brad Big, Chicago Tribune, weighs in at uh, 4.15 on the Bears' win over the Rams and uh, Manny Hill's four deep thoughts also make their return in the 4 o'clock hour. We're full of fun today. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oh, that's just what they'll be expecting us to do. On 1500 ESPN. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Please keep working during the following announcement. Mackie and Judd are back on 1500 ESPN. All right, let's check traffic here. Let's go to the Lilydale area, 35E northbound. We got a crash uh, between Victoria and St. Clair Avenues, uh, causing an eight-minute delay. TCL Broadcast Studios, uh, Judd. Danny Cunningham, Manny Hill, Jonathan Harrison, and we have been, or I should say, I have been delinquent in not getting to this quicker today. Go, Pat, go! Here's the question. When we were driving up today, I was with Mike Clemens, and he brought up a great point. He said, you know, when when Aaron had, when Jordy came into the league, everybody thought, well, Jordy started. And Jordy didn't start a full 16 games for five years until he was in the league. Which is an amazing thought for a minute, you know? He kind of became Aaron's favorite over time. And immediately, you lose Jordy, you lose Randall for the majority of the season, Devontae's getting doubled, you lose Geronimo Allison, and now you're left with a doubled Devontae, a tight end with a bad knee, and then three rookie wide receivers, and all of a sudden you're supposed to be on the same page. Have we been too hard on Aaron Rodgers? Go, Pat, go! Hold on a second. Help. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, I got questions. That's oh, I got questions. Bill Michaels, right? Bill Michaels, the yeah. big unit. The, the big, big unit. unit. I, yes, he was there when I was uh, covering the Packers for a couple of years. Uh, we've How been, are we looking? We've been playing. We've been playing Packer. Good day, Wisconsin. Packer Vent Line or whatever it's called. We've been playing this for weeks now, for years now. Wasn't he? He called Aaron Rodgers a one hundred eighty okay. million dollar I'm, paperweight. Okay, so what's three weeks ago? So what's going on here? Do we still have that cut? By the way. Can we play that? Can we play these? Field goal hurt him again. And then also Aaron Rodgers and his obstinance and stubbornness not to throw the damn checkdowns time and again throughout this game cost them the game and cost them the season. A $170 million paperweight. It's not worth it. No. No. You can't do that. No. You can't, you can't go from that to this. Here's the question. Yeah. And, and when we were driving up today, I was with Mike Clemens. He brought up a great point. He said, you know, when, when Aaron had, when Jordy came into the league, everybody thought, well, Jordy started. And Jordy didn't start a full 16 games for five years until he was in the league, which is an amazing thought for a minute, you know? He kind of became Aaron's favorite over time. And immediately you lose Jordy, you lose Randall for the majority of the season, Devontae's getting doubled, you lose Geronimo Allison, and now you're left with a doubled Devontae, a tight end with a bad knee, and then three rookie wide receivers, and all of a sudden you're supposed to be on the same page. Have we been too hard on Aaron Rodgers? Oh, you can't you can't do that 180. Can just, you can one of you two, Jonathan or Manny, cut up just him saying, Have we been too hard on Aaron Rodgers? And also and them going, paperweight. Aaron Rodgers is a $170 million paperweight. And just put them in one clip, please. I just want to know, did because Big Unit, he was off. Was it last week he was off? Yeah, I tried to call I, in. 
I, yeah, I, which I still want you to do. I just want to know. I couldn't did get he, through. In his week away, did he like jump into like a Lazarus pit or something like Saw that? The and light. just come and just come back with this this <laughs> young, fresh sort of attitude about Aaron Rodgers. Did because tell him he was, he in was crusty as hell. Yes, with Aaron Rodgers for like six weeks. He went to visit the Dalai Lama. What? No, you can't. It's like Rodgers. You, if you're gonna have a if you're gonna have a hot take, stay with a hot take. He pulled a Raza Ghoul, man. He jumped in the Lazarus pit and got refreshed. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Uh, you know, I was so I, the big unit was so on fire for weeks there, and now have we been too hard on Aaron Rodgers? Lost his fastball. <laughs> oh yeah. Hold on a second. What else we got here? Very fun. Because they won, we only have two. When I think back to the 16 December game against Minnesota or the 2010 December game against the Giants that propelled the Packers into the playoffs that year, and um, I, I just don't see the same quarterback. Um, and I, I just don't see the same Aaron Rodgers being able to dominate a game. I mean, when you think about the elements and it being in December at home and just with this Falcon shield on defense, you know, we would think that Aaron Rodgers would, you know, really dominate the game. And I think they played pretty well as a team. But um, I think this team, as far as going into uh, the offseason, is definitely going to have to hit some home runs in free agency. Um, you know, and that's whether it's offense or defense. But I, I don't see the same quarterback as far as being dominant. I hate when Green Bay wins. It's absolutely no fun. It's so much more fun when the Packers lose. Let's come back and talk about why a certain 76 player might not be that happy to have. Guess who? Jimmy Butler in town. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oakley-dokley. On 1500 ESPN.